Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Burney. Season four. Will we be? Out of practice. New season. New theme song. Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, working our way through David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week we are doing the season premiere, season four premiere entitled Free Dental. We are in week four of the apocalypse. How's it going, Mike? Day to day, day to day. I might cry during this episode. I might laugh and get giddy. I'm still laughing about NyQuil Mike from the recap episode last week. (laughs) I think NyQuil Mike is still laughing about NyQuil Mike. Oh, what a absolute blast that was. I hope somebody listened to it. I know my wife did, and she actually uh, has been granted a permission that we've ne'er granted before, Keith. Yes, yes. There is a third person here. Now, unfortunately, she is read-only, Uh huh. so she can only watch what is happening. And I think that really speaks, that answers the question to how you guys are doing, that she chose to watch our episode be recorded live and the answer to how you guys are doing is clearly not well uh, ups and downs ups because and downs because why would you do that <laughs> ups and downs uh, we have yeah. a very small apartment and we've yeah. been together quite a bit yeah that's i mean that is got to be specifically difficult but you know what you guys did to break up the monotony you became true, profound American heroes because you and Jen went to my apartment and watered the damn plants. And I, we thank you profoundly for doing so. Uh, did anything interesting come in our mail? Uh, we didn't really get to check the mail. A couple. Uh, we we went into the wrong apartment first. We walked into <laughs> uh, what I guess was your neighbor's apartment. It seems like they've moved out. Yeah, they um, they they booked out. Yeah. And then we, uh, we, you know, we played in your apartment. We played with some things. I took some video. Jen did all the work. I just made funny videos. You sure did. Yeah. No, there was a lot of odd fanfic with my Star Trek action uh-huh. figures, which but is I, odd fanfic in itself. I'd like to tell a quick story of juxtaposition to, Uh-oh. for those of you who aren't in the hot spot. Well, actually, you know what? Everyone is going through their own coping yeah. process, and I don't. I will not minimize anybody's experience, but a story of my experience of how my psyche is unleashing. 
So I've been having crazy dreams. I've been crying in my dreams. We watched a Pixar movie mm. and had to basically turn it off because the weeping was uncontrollable. Oh, that's um, bad, even when it's normal. Yeah, uh, but in odd, and it's usually been coming out in sort of like waves of sadness, but yesterday, just the whole ridiculousness of this situation came to a head for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quickly edit this story in my head so as not to get too specific a theater that I have worked with before asked me to submit a self-tape last week. Now, for those of you who aren't in the business, a self-tape is basically you standing in front of a wall, auditioning like you're auditioning in person, but you're in your apartment and you're using a microphone and it's not an audition. It, It doesn't mimic an audition experience. You know, you go into a room usually and you audition and you do your couple minutes or whatever and it, it goes well or it doesn't go well, it, but it happens in the moment. When you're videotaping it, it's a whole different thing because you get you go psycho and you're like, should I redo it? Should I do another take? Should I put reverb in? Should I edit my face? It's rough should... for perfectionists, that's for sure. It's all those things. So I've kind of come... First of all, I don't I'm not, I don't audition a lot anymore, but if I have to do a self-tape, I like I give myself two takes, three takes, and that's it. Because otherwise it's a day, it'll take days. I think that makes sense. So yesterday, this theater that I've worked with before asked me to submit a self-tape. Or this is last week, excuse me. So I do. I do it. It is what it is. Bleh, whatever. I've got like huge hair, a beard. I, I I'm not I'm not pre- I'm not getting all dust I'm not getting all pretty for it. So then they write me back, and they're like, hey, we're having a second round. Will you submit a callback? And I'm like, are you serious? Just watch the other video again, right? It, 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 you know what? <laughs> what if they ask for the same material again? But they know me. So it's like, you want to hire me or you don't want to hire me, really? I mean, you want to use somebody? Whatever. So, okay, fine. They're like, will you play a song and a guitar? Sure, I will. So I'm standing in front of this sheet here which is just in my bedroom. My wife, my poor wife is in the other room and she's like trying not to make a sound because you know, my apartment's this big and I, I do. If, I do. If you if if you pull a chair in the kitchen, you hear it on the microphone. There's only so she's trying to be quiet. My cats decide they're going to have a field day. So I'm on like take 18 at this point. <laughs> my voice is fried. I look like a homeless person who hasn't cut his hair in weeks. I'm standing in front mm-hmm. of a sheet not wearing mm-hmm. pants. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's chest up. My cat is going crazy, just making so many sounds. I'm flipping out. It's ridiculous. I don't want to be doing it anyway. And so out of nowhere, <laughs> I just explode. And by the way, I'm singing a very like sad personal song. So I'm trying right. to be in that brain space, but my I just feel angry. And so I explode and I have it on video. <laughs> I should... Oh, no. We have to see that. uh, I should look it up with the raw footage. Anyway, I just, in the middle of this, like, really sad, like, song, all of a sudden I just go, shut the fuck up! (laughs) Oh, no. And just explode. Explode with rage. And then I was like. who were you telling to shut up? My cat. cat? My sweetest cat. cat, The sweetest cat (laughs) I have. Oh, that has to go on her Instagram. Mike Uh, flips out at the cat. In a self oh, I felt so bad. And then I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just sending it. So it's literally the worst audition I have ever sent to anybody. Uh, oh, but that's, boy. It's coming out in all kind of waves. How are you guys doing in Cape May? Well, I, similarly, up and down. Like, there, we've had, we've had some good days and we've had some bad days. And uh, I was actually, I, I 
think I'm the first person to coin the term Zoom mullet, <laughs> which is basically you put on like a real shirt so you look like a person on Zoom, but it's like garbage down below. <laughs> so that is uh, so I I did a an online writer workshop yesterday. Um, actually, we had a lovely time last night. The four of us, uh, my wife and uh, sister and brother-in-law, we all sat around and read a screenplay around the table, and it oh, hey. all felt so like happy and normally we cooked dinner together, and then we woke up this morning, and all four of us looked like we'd gone through a war. Yeah. For, for what reason? No reason. But it was independently. It was just like, ugh, ugh, ugh. It was... It was really, uh, you know, that's sort of where we're at right now. I sort of backdoored my way into this. Uh, producer asked me to do a couple of these sort of quote-unquote table reads of this new uh, gameotics uh, uh, software. It's sort of like a, a radio drama through Zoom, but it's okay. choo- it's choose-your-own-adventure uh, you do via the phone, and so the script changes depending on like what the audience is doing, and so... That's been kind of fun uh, working on something from the ground level, and it's paying oh, a little bit of money. Uh, it like it defies all sorts of union rules and stuff. So it's like, I'm sure it's it's there's lots of tightropes about what words we can call it and blah 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 blah. But interesting long, though. Long I love story that idea. short, I've been in front of this webcam, you know, because that's what I do for work too for hours. I just feel like I've not left my bedroom in literally days. Yeah. Well. I think we all feel that way. That I everyone here is like, if I get another fucking Zoom invitation, I'm gonna punch somebody through the screen. And we I gotta don't watch want another clip. And so social media used social media used to be everybody like posting about what they had for dinner, right? But now right. it's transferred to who did I? Sh- here's a screenshot of who I zoomed with yesterday. That's what everybody's social media is like. Like I want to see your family's face through a, a, a screen cap of what they look like on your zoom well i mean that's nice and all i don't know i have i have pretty much like disappeared from social media yeah. other than like business stuff because eh. yeah there's so it, much keith i'm gonna wrap this up by saying yes we're we're recording this on easter so when we last we sure spoke are. we were closing the tomb of Susan, season three we are but we have a resurrection because we're not done talking about season three because we... <laughs> oh, right. I, I picked up what you dropped there. Yeah, see, thanks, man. Oh, my God. That's professional podcasting. Season All four, right. we're going full pro. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. We are going to hear from one of our good friends in a segment we always call... First off, uh, we heard from our good friend and founding supporter, Leanne Wrights, who uh, wrote on the Instagram account about Season 3, Episode 13, Judge and Jury. Now, if you remember, this is the one where Kittleson first crosses out Lindsay's face on that picture. Uh, And then look out, Leanne, because that's going to be followed up. Mm Mm-hmm. And she said, we need Psycho Judge t-shirts. I am here for this ridiculous subplot. Well, boy, do you have some fun coming to you. Oh. Although by the time you listen to this, it will have already happened. Oh, that's right. Got some full-on time travel happening. 
Yeah, and and God knows where Keith sources our T-shirts from. So I don't know that the supply chain has has survived the pandemic. Oh, I, yeah, I I'm not sure if our shitty podcast shitty T-shirts are essential. Uh, I do have to tell you, Keith. Uh, since we've only we only actually produced two t-shirts uh and one of them was yours and one's mine That's i watched true. it i watched it one time and it's now a baby tee <laughs> <laughs> that speaks to the quality i think it was already a baby tee when i gave it, it to you <laughs> and i've grown exponentially so it's comical now oh yeah well we're uh we had a. I've already passed my COVID nineteen. I'm working my way up to a COVID twenty five. Yeah. Yes. It's not good. All right. Well, we also have, guys, we have another epic, an epic commentary. I don't even know. It has. It has to be its own segment now, from our good friend Phoenix Cage, with a whole. Lot so buckle up. Should we should we should we comment as we go or should we just kind of no? We should comment as we go. Okay, yeah. Okay, we gotta stop and start because my attention span doesn't last that long. Fair. All right, here we go. Here's what Phoenix has to say. Hey guys, it's Phoenix Cage again. What's up, buddy? Playing my last message. You had a theory and a question, so I'm going to address those and then offer some feedback on the previous two episodes. Sounds a little bit like Come Phoenix has been hitting hypothesis. the NyQuil pretty hard during his not pandemic. <laughs> we don't know. He could be just slightly more bored by our podcast. <laughs> Fair. I've never even had any real interest in the law. Not I'm a lawyer. Not a lawyer. Practice. Well, there are several shows I've enjoyed that are written around the law, such as Better Call Saul. Love it. The practice is actually the first I've seen that is really about the law and trial procedure. I discovered the show by chance when, somewhere around July, I heard it briefly discussed and praised on another TV show podcast. I listen to so many, I can't Definitely not one. us. Definitely Perhaps the practice the was praised. the same way and can tell me, <laughs> because at this point, I'm really curious what started Domino's that landed me here. Aren't we all? One possibility is The Rules of Acquisition, which is a really excellent DS9 podcast. It's three old friends, all of whom are writers, who go into a very deep analysis of the show, both politically and from a writing standpoint. They usually end up in some kind of disagreement and get really focused on debating a few details. Shout out to Rules of Acquisition, the DS9 podcast, which I haven't listened to, but I feel like I sh- we should. I would love to do a DS9 podcast with you, Mike. Except there's probably so many else out there that we would get squished like a bug by the bigger podcasts, where our show is squished like a bug from irrelevancy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a tight window we're trying to squeeze through, and I don't know that we quite did it. I also, you know, that I I have so many gaps in my, with the exception of the Next Generation and the uh, all of the movies, I have not watched any Star Trek, so I'd have never watched Deep Space Nine. Oh, you are missing out. But, you know, I, there's also Firefly, really which is in a different universe, but I've heard i got to watch that. There's so well, much. Firefly's great. Yeah, I have a lot to, I have to go back for. Yeah, all right. Well, once we're finished uh, The Practice and Boston Legal. And, and Quantum Leap. And Quantum Leap. Then we can discuss what happens after that. All right, Phoenix, let's continue. It's quite entertaining. I had already seen all seven seasons a few times before that, but... 
it gave me a whole new appreciation for the show. Go check it out. I will. So, however it happened, I finally decided to check out the pilot of the practice in October of last year. I quickly got up to episode 24 of season two, at which point I realized I was enjoying it so much, I should see if there was a podcast to go with it. And there was. Just one, baby. I was only a couple of months behind you guys. Well, here, this is where we did good selection of a podcast, because we're the only one. So poor Phoenix has no choice but to listen to us. And I think that is our, our demographic are people who have no choice. Yeah, prisoners. <laughs> I checked out your podcast by first listening to the episode of the show that I had just watched, 224, Trees in the Forest. I got maybe five minutes into the episode when I put down my razor and shouted in the mirror, these sons of bitches blatantly ripped off Star Trek The Next Conversation. I... But we did just learn... What some of our audience do when they listen to the podcast. He was shaving. <laughs> it's actually, I have absolutely done that many times. Recognize the similarities that quickly. But then you gave them credit, which I suppose makes it more of an homage than theft. Yeah. I mean, that is how it works on college papers, right? Well, kind of what we did stealing the entire format of uh, the next conversation I'm not sure it's an homage, but is it really theft if you pick up the thing in the store and walk out making direct eye contact with the manager, and if they don't stop you? Is that theft? Is that not theft? Well, and let's recycle more than that. So before you did that, before you made that icon with the uh, manager, you were at you you were at home, and on Twitter... Or Instagram, you saw somebody make brownies, and you were like, oh, brownies sound good. I'm going to go get brownie stuff. And then you end up stealing the brownie stuff. I see, yes. You see what I mean? And we also announced that we were doing it on Twitter. I, I well, will, a little behind baseball, when, we, when Keith and I first sat down at, actually, I'm going to plug all small businesses, the Bonnie in Astoria, yes, Queens. in Astoria. Uh, to discuss this podcast and what what we want show we want to do X E Y X Y uh, E T C E T C I don't know why I can't speak I never could <laughs> what's so happening what's happening over there season four um, uh, alphabet B Z R L literally Keith led with so there's this podcast Star Trek the next conversation dot 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 and here we are so mm-hmm. from the inception we were planning to rip it off so but. To be fair, before the inception of the next conversation, we'd already done a podcast. We have. So In we fact, have, sli- we've yet to play the theme song for that, Keith, and I think the world still should hear it. We definitely have, we but have I'll not. play it again. Hold on. We, yeah. could, we could always write a theme song. So long ago. Oh, my God. Where were we? Oh, uh, We were straight then. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, continuing. As long as you cite your sources, you can plagiarize whoever you want. That's true. As to your question of how I watch the show, I actually enjoyed the podcast so much that I stopped watching the practice to go back and catch up on the 30 episodes that I missed. Amazing. Since then... I've been watching an episode a day or two before listening to it again during your podcast. 
the show is just that good. Wow. And besides, if I didn't watch it as well, how could I possibly comprehend what the hell Lucy is wearing? Ha <laughs> ha, zing. I actually, never mind, I still don't. Oh, double zing! Mike, you just mentioned that you're enjoying the show so much that it's hard to stick to the pace of only one a week. I feel that. If you guys want to do more, I'll keep up. I'd be happy to. I mean, you got some downtime during this pandemic, right? Yes. We all We all do. You know, although I have to I think what he just said there is very important uh to the lawyers at David E. Kelly Productions. <laughs> He's watching the show on a licensed streaming service and then listening to us. So we're not cannibalizing your Well, I mean, we're not anyway because nobody listens. But to the lawyers, please point that out. I'll do. Besides, you don't want to wait till 2025 to start your Quantum Leap podcast, do you? <laughs> no. Probably. Okay, now my feedback on the episodes. I have an objection about the MVL decision from episode 322, Do Onto Others. Keith briefly brought up a point of contention. Okay, this, obviously... Actually, you know what? There's a better bumper for this. Hold on. Ignore that one. Your honor, that verdict was crap. The truth was concealed. It must be revealed. And now it's appealed, 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 appealed. So I think he's doing more of an appeal. I've never heard the appealed bumper before. I think we've only played it once. Wow. It's just sitting there. So it's like I did like a little GNS. That was awesome. <laughs> right Here we go. Phoenix, take it away as to whether you should give the most valuable lawyer award based on the best performance or the victory. I know you guys have been basically using a victory as a tiebreaker or even a trump card, but I think you should rethink that approach. I'm strongly against being results-oriented. In the show, the verdict can be entirely based on future scripts or character development, as we saw with the verdict that came after Helen's excellent closing. You guys should judge the performance in a vacuum, uh, apart from those arbitrary factors. Even in real life, there are many variables, and those who do the best sometimes get unlucky. Or as a wise man once said, It is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. I mean, this guy is doing the podcast for us. Like, literally. And boy, <laughs> speaking of a trump card, if you're able to uh, to show the point you're making with Picard, it's really hard to argue against it. Uh, and uh, I totally get your point, because Lord knows, if we were results-based in our lives, I, I, I don't know what we would do. So, and and while I agree with that uh, at a very base level, I'm not a re- I don't particularly like to be results based either. It is my 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 issue is that it's 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 impossible to judge the performances in a vacuum because we're not given all of the sides, right? Uh, obviously, the producers of the show give us That's a very true. specific viewpoint. We don't get to see the preparation and the entire performance of the prosecution. We're not given a lot. We, you and I discuss a lot on the podcast that we're not given a lot of the evidence or any real full 3D picture of the case. We're given a very small slice. And so that's why we generally use the win- the wins and losses as sort of a fill in the blank. Uh you know, yeah. 
also, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Also, that would by the time we get to the actual discussion of it, <laughs> it we're so over it, we're ready to be done. So we we, <laughs> we <laughs> we're like six hours in by that point. So. <laughs> We want a sandwich. Yeah. So uh, the the tiebreaker is really what kind of sandwich we want to eat. Yeah. Are there the Oreos podcast. left? Is Jen making tuna fish? What's up? <laughs> it is possible. Uh, P.S. Uh, oh, wait. Here we go. He's still we got like got... six minutes left of this voicemail, too. I know. I know. I know. But we got a live filing and subpoena. Because we just got a text from our listener of this podcast right now. Jen just texted me and said, this is already so much more fun than just listening to Mike's one-sided podcast convo. Mm, Ah. Which she does, like a trooper, because she's trapped in the house with me. Because she has no choice. Are you a trooper when you have no choice? That's a prisoner, not a trooper. To know what kind of a bastard husband I am, I even make her turn off the TV so that she doesn't stream all of our bandwidth while I'm trying to do the podcast. So she's literally trapped listening to me talk for two hours. She can't even hear you. (laughs) She's like in the shoe. Yeah, she's a good good egg. Oh my goodness. All right, we're going to get through this. Here we go. Ironically, I still agree with making Eugene the MVL because I disagree with both of your assessments of the closings. I thought Eugene did a good job summarizing the evidence and providing possible motives for the girl to lie. But as the audience, we know that she's not. This was do one to others he's talking about. Which makes him seem less convincing because we can't be convinced of it. It was up for episode of the year. I also don't think the prosecution's closing was as good as you two thought. Well, I agree with you that going after Eugene's dirty tactics and the fact that they're allowed by any lawyer was very valid, and it got right to the heart of the issue. But his thesis, which he repeated three times, was that Eugene didn't put up a case for his defense. It's not the responsibility of the defense to prove a negative. This the is a good point. Of proof very good point. on the prosecution. The basis of our legal system is that he is innocent until proven guilty. But obviously we know he's guilty. And that, again, makes him seem less convincing and the prosecution more so. It's an unconscious bias, which is part of what makes human objectivity difficult, if not impossible. Very good point. Moving on. I like the finale as much as you guys did, but (laughs) that ending, rewriting George Vogelman, They didn't just retcon him as the killer (laughs) as they threw out all the previous character development about him. They just told us that he's so deviously manipulative that his brilliant ability to con people makes a Machiavellian psychopath like Joey Herrick look like amateur. It's definitely true. The character now has to live up to being a supervillain. David E. Kelly just dug up all his past writing on Vogelman and the dirt created a mountain that he now has to climb. By the way, guys, Joey Herrick didn't just appear on the TV. This is also very true. Jigsaw on a closed circuit (laughs) system. He sent her a videotape. Lindsay said, oh, it must be from my parents. Then there's a shot of them putting in the VCR. Why is there a VCR in a hospital? Who knows? It was the 90s. Now, that is a good point. And that's on me. Yeah, we both missed it. I missed it. Well, you're watching on a little box once. I'm watching and like screenshotting the whole thing twice. So... That's on me. I own that. That's totally on me. But then to go, I I know we don't have to relitigate an episode a couple ago, but that's from my family. So Joey Herrick somehow 
tra- got a videotape of him mocking the whole crew to Lindsay's parents to bring to her sick in the hospital? That is well, no, fucking I, crazy. No, I don't think he sent it to her parents. There, It was just there, and she assumed it was oh, from okay. her parents. No, I like it better if he somehow got it to her parents. He sent it to her parents. Yeah. Please I'm bring this to, to Lindsay. I'm sending it to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you want me to do what? Yeah, just just give this videotape to your daughter. Don't worry about me. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I, John Larroquette. <laughs> With black hair. With black hair. <laughs> Clearly on the set of yeah. some other show. All right, continuing. Keith, I have to object to you playing the Mike is Thirsty bumper. Thank you. Just because he wanted to nurturingly cuddle Lindsay as she lay wounded in a hospital bed. That is not, as you put it, inappropriate. It's very natural and a human response. Maybe the issue is with you sexualizing any physical contact. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I know you were just giving him shit for the sake of humor, Maybe but that is it's a real issue, problem Keith. in our culture. Several years ago, I gave a 90-minute talk at an academic conference to 175 people about the importance of platonic intimacy for psychological well-being. Humble brag. Actually, the first chapters of a book I'm writing are about the importance of being able to have close, affectionate friendships. Mm. I've made a Facebook page called Platonic Intimacy. Send Keith okay. this book. Send yeah, Keith all right. this book. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, boy. I, I think I might be guilty of being a weird robot autism kid who <laughs> thinks everything is weird. Now, Keith. No, I, it, go, it's a no, good point. Continue. continue eating crow, and then I will... <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a perfectly good point. It is a perfectly good point that, and and platonic intimacy, I think, is very important. Now, uh, now, I do want to say, Keith, because I, you're still you. I am still platonic me. intimacy is still a very important, valid thing. But what I know is you. So I will say <laughs> because I'm not, I am a big enough man to admit when Keith is right. If I were in that bed cuddling Lindsay platonically, and she started giving me, like, accepting vibes, <laughs> I would quickly break said platonicness. And, you know, as long as she was medically able, you know, <laughs> I'd start trying some other therapies, some other therapies, you know what I'm saying? As long as she were medically able. The title of your sex tape. <laughs> oh, no. I apologize to everyone listening, especially Jen. And my wife on the right podcast. <laughs> who's listening to the podcast as we speak. <laughs> no, but I do, th- I do thank you, Phoenix, oh, for uh, pointing oh. out that I'm right. Uh, oh, I... I <laughs> I felt like I ate some crow there, and then, and then just something happened. Also, right, Keith, I hope that there is a future in which Phoenix is giving a TED Talk or a, a, a symposium, and somehow we end up on a slide somewhere. Oh, my God. If we can end up on a PowerPoint. Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get the sense that instead of Barrister Phoenix Cage, we might be dealing with Dr. Phoenix, Phoenix Cage, probably working somewhere in the mental health world so he might be coming to save us as opposed to the i other feel like we should around. just we should just have a segment where we apologize to him for well, that he's wasting <laughs> his brain cells on us oh, oh boy seriously i'm sorry to everyone's brain cells okay rant over 
Sorry, most of this feedback is a week late again, but to be fair, I'm at least six months behind on all my other podcasts, except, of course, for TNC, because they're six months behind. Yeah, suck it, other podcasts. Looking forward to season four. Talk to you guys then. Okay. Let's just give it a round of applause and leave it there. Yeah, thank you, Phoenix. Okay, good lord. Well, it is the apocalypse. We're just going to spend a half an hour before we even get to... This day in the basement. All right, now i got to turn the gain back down. Ugh. Live mixing sucks. Okay, so we are going to hop back, finally, finally, into the time machine you wish you could have because to get back the last half hour of your life and talk about... September 27th, 1999. Now, this was a Monday night airing. So they moved from Sunday to Monday. I think this show will be on every day of the week at some point. But now it's a big old hit coming off of the 7,000 different Emmys. Which brings us to, Mike, where were you? I know you weren't watching The Practice. I wasn't, Keith. I had finally shipped off to Ithaca College in upstate New York on the Finger Lakes. I was living with uh, <clears throat> this guy named Ryan, and my flatmate uh, in the dorm next door was Mike Britt. And we did not have a TV, but we did have Napster. So uh, Napster. Th- this is when we were just downloading MP3s because we thought uh, uh, illegally free meant free. And yeah, uh, but well, you're qu- pretty hardcore criminal at that point. So. Yeah, but what I wanted to, uh, so I I made it to college, and what I wanted to quickly sh- story I wanted to quickly share from it is you know when my brother went to college, he went to Penn State. I remember dropping him off at Penn State, and it was the first time I'd ever seen my father cry. Was leaving my brother at college. I don't know if it was pride or sadness or whatever it was, but he cried, and it was weird. It was weird. So when I went off to college, I was so ex, ex, I was so interested Looking to see forward to him crying. Yeah, or some sort of like oh, and he had I remember he had taken my brother off and he had said something to him. It's like so anyway. So my dad, we dropped he they had dropped us off around this time, uh, you know, the fall right, and uh, they my parents you know like helped me set my room up or whatever, and then they were leaving, and my dad. Uh, put his arm around me and he walked me down uh, the hallway and I was like preparing myself Here it for, comes. Here it for comes. something, right? This moment. And he, with a straight face, this is my dad, with a straight face, looked me in the eyes and just said, don't swim drunk. And then he walked <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, it's good advice. It was such a zing that I, I, I've been... It's I can't even explain how funny it was and bewildering, but that was that, and that was the beginning of my short-lived stint at college. Wait, did you ever ask your brother what he said to him? Uh, no, no, I did not. I think we need to know the answer to that question. That's a good point. Because whatever the answer is, it has interesting implications. Because if he said the same thing, that's one thing. If he's like, I've always been proud of you. No, I'm sure it was so much. much more that. My brother uh, was had a much more successful college run. By the time I got to college, my, I'm five years out, uh, younger than my brother. My brother had already like graduated 
4.0, was a Nittany Lion, was a cheerleader, got a full ride scholarship. He like really kicked college's ass. And I was. Well, yeah, but your dad didn't know that yet. He did. My brother had already well, graduated he, he when I went to college. He knew your brother had, but he didn't know that you weren't going to oh, do that. Oh, that's a good point, You're, that I was going to be a colossal fuck-up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the thing you say to a colossal fuck-up. Yeah. Not someone, but, he, you know, maybe he knew. Anyway, Keith, you were okay. about to start year two. Yes, I was uh, probably in the first month of year two at opera school. And, uh, yeah, so year two was different. Um, as a voice major, we switched from Italian to German as our focus. So I had nine. That's all, literally all I know. Uh, we did, uh, four hours of the language a week and then two more hours of the diction that week. Oh, it was an awful Now, were you giving the diction to anybody by this point in college? Ah, funny you say that. I'll probably talk about that next week because, uh... Uh, I will say the preamble to that was I was promoted to manager of the Eastman Dining Center, mm. running the cafeteria. And so one of the perks of that was uh, the only perk, because I think I got a 50 cent an hour raise in order to be in charge of the whole operation. <laughs> like the four only bits. like not a, Four bits was that I got free food, carte blanche, and keys. So, uh, man, I really just wanted to finish off my freshman 50. I was really pumped about that. But there happened to have been a new employee who was a freshman that year who came in, and I might have taught her how to clean the slop out of the trays. And I don't know, bells might have been ringing. We'll find out about it next week. All right. Well, let's 45 minutes into the podcast. 45 minutes into the podcast, we're going to talk about what was going on in the world and the number one song was a song I have never heard before in my life because I was learning opera at the German in opera school. This is Unpretty by TLC. What? I. This is what it does. That was the top song. Oh, this was the number one song. This was the number one song. Not our demographic, buddy. Well, I don't have a demographic. I'm a dorkographic. Uh, the local paper of the Burlington Free Press. The headline was "Quail Will Quit GOP Race." So, sad for everyone, Dan Quayle didn't make it even a year and a half out from the 2000 election. And I'm sure everyone was shocked. The top movie was Double Jeopardy, starring Tommy Lee Jones and Ashley Judd. It's another movie I don't actually remember. Yeah, it, do- it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up. It didn't hold up at the time, so you can imagine now. So I guess that's not a hold. There's no help. There's no holding at all. Just like you and Lindsay in the bed, platonically, maybe not platonically. Well, it depends on how things go. I got to get some, I got to get vibes. Yikes. Okay, well, because we're back in September, 
Guess what? It's time for Sports Ball! Week 3 of the 1999 NFL season was a disappointment for the Giants, falling to the Patriots 16-14 and dropping to 1-2 in the season. Kent Graham threw two touchdowns, including one to rookie Tiki Barber. Super Bowl-winning head coach Andy Reid continued his freshman season with the Eagles, scoring zero points in a loss to Buffalo, helping him accrue zero wins for the season thus far. That seemed very pointed. <laughs> Subtext! Alright, it's finally time to talk about the damn episode! This is season four episode... Oh... Oh no... I don't care how long we're going. (laughs) Clearly nobody does. I get my pointless bumper. (laughs) This episode will be presented in double speed! (laughs) Maybe we should make it part one, part two. <laughs> Buy ourselves some time. <laughs> Keith, it might be the fall, but on this date, Monday, September 27th, 1999, in New York City, it was 72 degrees and sunny. The Ooh. low was only 67, so if you were allowed outside, you would have been Which enjoying... I remember we used to be. Yeah, there, there was a time. You would have been sunbathing in your little bikini shorts, even though it was inappropriate, in Astoria Park, because that is a trend that will never get old. No. I would like to know what a bikini short is, though. Uh, you know, it's like the bikini, but shorts. And that so, was your weather. Let's move on. <laughs> I believe, technically, those are called shorts. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This episode include, was called Free Dental, the season premiere. It was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by Arvin Brown, who last directed Love and Honor and Another Day, which leaves us with only one thing you have to skip through before we get to the meat of the episode, which is... What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? So I haven't even watched the previously on yet. I know nothing going in. We're gonna we're gonna listen to the previously on uh, as a as a family today because we're jumping from. We want to take up more of your time. Yeah, well, we're already at this point. Uh, <laughs> look. You know, even after, especially after listening to Phoenix Cage's response and and thinking about that ending, which we'd loved. I mean, season the season finale was our show of the season. I we we cannot leave we cannot leave it untouched. We have to see the aftermath. We have to see how's Lindsay doing. We have mm-hmm. to see further discussion about the engagement, and we need to know. We need to. We have to discuss Vogelman. We have to go right there. We we have to go right there. We can't just go to a different case and start afresh. We have to... Something has to happen with Vogelman. Wow. All right. That's probably the most intensity we've ever brought to that segment. It's just, you, like he said, you can't retcon an entire character and just let him walk off into the villainous future. Something needs to happen. <laughs> Well, I mean, after I've decided, Keith, rather than running the anchor ad this week, 
We are going to run a 30-second spot for Star Trek The Next Conversation because it's only fair. Uh, great. You're going <laughs> to... We don't have one. Uh, I don't think... Can, they've can, never made one. Can we do? Can we just write one real quick? <laughs> sure. Do you like Star Trek? Sure. Do you like... Yeah. Do you like rewatching the episodes of TV show from 30 years ago? Absolutely. Would you like to hear one host who's seen it before and one host who hasn't, but somehow they're smarter and more successful than the hosts of this podcast? It's like I'm living it. Then you should be listening to Star Trek The Next Conversation, where Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda work their way through Star Trek The Next Generation season by season. They have more fans, more success, more laughs, and more insider knowledge than we do, and you can join them and join their Patreon and send them money for extra episodes and where they do a movie, the Marvel movies, they do disco, they do lots of other things. It's better than us. Star Trek The Next Conversation. I need this in my life. Where and how can I get on board? You can find them anywhere you get podcasts. The Practice, Season 4, Episode 1, Free Dental? Last season on The Practice. <gasps> what? There's a head in the it's bag. It's a head in the bag. the bar last night. What are you doing with her head? Michael Somebody Monks. Put it in there. George Holderman, you're under arrest for the murder of Susan Robin. We both know I've always had some motive to tell you I'm innocent. Yeah, because you're a murdering bastard. The evidence being closed, it doesn't matter what I tell you. I didn't do it. Yes, you did. Well, to be fair... We find the defendant, George Vogelman... To be fair, the only thing we know is that he wears a nun outfit. It'd be an odd coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lindsay's stabbed again. She needs me. Guy stabbed me. Guy. Oh, it's so platonic. You Until no, maybe no. signals? <laughs> as long as she's medically able. And old enough. Is it really so terrible if they see the video? Good have standards. It ain't great. We don't want the jury getting one. Hey, already. We were all. Guy, we know nothing about thus far. Right off the bat, we are talking with Henry Winkler, of course, who plays the Fonzie from Arrested Development, Barry, Royal Pains, Happy Days. He has is a six-time Golden Globe nominee with two wins, seven Emmy nominations with one win, and was on a show called Out of Practice. Wow. Well, which he... was a CBS sitcom about a family of therapists. It was also unsuccessful. Well, let's see if he continues to make a make a make a me happy. Ben, where's your wife? Oh, Jimmy said that I, we didn't need her for this. It's just a hearing. I want her there for trial. Your kids, too. We'll be late. Let's go. And. Oh. Who's yeah. walking in? Michael Muggs! He's right there. Eleanor? George? Hey. Lucy My club association just evicted rather me normal on today. grounds of moral turpitude. Excuse me? They're saying that even though I was acquitted Fan. in the Susan Robin... Well, she might have a crop top on, so I don't know if that's work appropriate. Uh, well, let's find out. In case, in their minds, it isn't clear that I'm innocent. 
and they voted me out. How many times do I have to keep paying for something I didn't do? They evicted you from the building. 30 days notice. Is this legal? Well, I wouldn't want to kill a living on my floor. Lucy! Well, not that you are one, George. I'm just <laughs> saying that, you know. some sort of a high tie-dye crop top. Yeah, she sure is. Will you represent me, Eleanor? I know it's not a big case, but I brought my lease with me. Okay, so he's been evicted and he's pissed about it. And I have to say that if... Let's just go back to the assumption he is a murdering psychopath. Okay. At, at that point, wouldn't you just like chalk one up that you won, you got away with it, like just take the eviction and roll with it? Well, assuming he is the murdering psychopath who did all of this, then he's clearly, as like Phoenix said, like Machiavellian, he, he, he like loves, he put a head in a bag, he delivered it to, like he is this huge complex like games he's playing. So he doesn't want the game to end. I'd like to retcon my what does Mike think's going to happen this season. I want to see the epic showdown between Michael Monks and John Larroquette as two Machiavellian psychopaths going head to head. Oh, man. Maybe they could do a face-off episode. With special guest referee, the Fonz. Yes. And Tony Danza. <laughs> okay, sure. In the conference room. With Holland Taylor just like giving erections left and right. (laughs) He's back. He is back, Eugene. You're right. Meanwhile, over this intro, we should talk about the new hairstyles. Yes. Between seasons, uh, Rebecca D. Cricket grew from that little crop she had last season to a epic afro. It looks great. And meanwhile, Bobby... We are seeing the beginning of Beatnik Bobby. Yeah. With his big, poofy hair and long uh, uh, sideburns. It's really ugly. He's giving me a full shag vibe. He's like, I, you know what, Bob, these blue eyes, if I hide them behind some, like, bangs, people are really going to be thirsty. Right. He's almost like the uh, the Chris Angel Bobby. It's terrible. Mm, yeah. Mind freak. Mind freak Bobby. This is how oh. she was found, Your Honor. You We've can cut see to a courtroom, and we neck. are looking at this is how the police VHS video of a gruesome murder at okay, a dentist's office. Here, now this isn't blood; it's grape jelly. Grape jelly. Yes, Your Honor. What else? That's it. We're talking about thirty seconds of footage tops. The problem is that footage is so inflammatory. It doesn't go to guilt or innocence; it goes to what the scene looked like. Why can't a jury be allowed? Don't to look see at that and be horrified and decide someone's got to pay. You know what? This idea that we have to shelter juries from the truth, that was started by defense attorneys. Already with the speeches, we haven't even begun. You think that's a speech? All right. Your Honor, I have no intention of getting on a soapbox, believe me. But how did it happen that we became afraid of letting juries see things for themselves? This footage describes the scene more accurately than could any testimonial account. And given that the system is supposed to be about arriving at the truth, I don't see why the straightest line approach should be eliminated from the process. We cling to this notion that the jury system is the best in the world, all the while we don't trust them. It is absurd, it is indecent, it is an insult to this room and to the people who, in the name of civic duty, sit in that box. Mini fan. Yes, and I'm so glad you left your soapbox at home. 
The issue before this court Zing. goes to whether or not my client committed the crime. The district attorney, by his own admission, agrees that this footage doesn't speak to that. It so speaks to the nature we've of... We've stipulated to strangulation as the cause of death. I'm not offering... Can it. I finish? You don't need to finish. We already know what you're going to say. you got a sick, depraved, murdering client, like always. And like always, the more truth you can keep under wraps, the better. It is a disgrace regularly visited upon this room by you and every other defense attorney. Napoleon complex, Your Honor. Rest wow. ipsa pipsqueak. All right. Wow. Well, Whoa. I'm glad. Okay. Bobby is it, firing on all cylinders, and we're also making sure, David E. Kelly's making sure we all remember what the show likes to talk about, how deplorable defense attorneys are. We do. And also, practice fans who know what's happening, you know that voice. I know that lawyer from somewhere. This is the first appearance of Jason Kravitz as ADA Richard Bay. Jason Kravitz, who you would know from our cartoon president, Hunters, Madoff, Smash, Major League Two, and my favorite one of his credits, from the original Broadway cast of The Drowsy Chaperone, which when I saw, I saw the uh, the first preview, or the final dress, uh, way back when. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Richard Bay! Well, I was very excited. You know, Keith, I bring it up all the time. For the one person who might catch this reference, when I worked for the National Alliance for Musical Theater, this was one of my picks to push through to the festival. Drowsy Chaperone. I'm not saying its success has to do with me. I'm just saying. You pretty much wrote it. The videotape is allowed. Whatever's between the two of you, keep it out of the room. We'll bring the jury in at 11. Or film it and put it on the internet. Yeah. Do you really think that was yes. Any word from Rebecca? The sister agreed to at least talk to her. She should be there now. Where's your family? My wife and my son are coming. My daughter's only 11. I don't want her here. Call me a pipsqueak? Get away from me, Richard, before I trip over you. All right. I'll get you, Donald. I'll get your client. I'll get you. Richard, what are you doing? Oh, she's got a little hair growth going too. You can't be yelling. I'll get you to defense lawyers in the She second guessed the bangs, but she's given us a longer bob in the back. That's the case. That's circumstantial, but tight. Although you never know what your little friends are going to pull. Just don't be screaming at them in the corridor, all right? Keith, just like I like my cases, circumstantial and tight. Call me a pipsqueak. And medically capable. This man was judged innocent in a court of law. Big so fan. is O.J. Simpson, but that doesn't mean that a co-op has to Ooh, welcome him. How many times does he have to be victimized? Trial. First, he's Zing. put on trial, and then, after an acquittal, the police plant a knife in my office trying to get the him again. The reason the police did Judge that Kittleson. was because they remained convinced that he had cut off a woman's head. He's supposed to walk around branded? I sympathize, counsel, but let's face it, an acquittal in a criminal trial does not add up to innocence. It simply means that the state couldn't make its burden of proof. How about O.J. Simpson? Do you think that a co-op should be required to keep him as a member? First of all, O.J. Simpson was found guilty in a civil trial. As Mr. Volgeman probably would be if a civil trial were held. Don't know that. Look, this is Stan Cahill. He could be a very nice man who, by total coincidence, just happened to have a human head pop out of his medical bag. But people in the building have started to move out since he moved in. They feel threatened. And by the way. Co-ops have well, always been, been allowed to pick and choose their members. They are not allowed to discriminate. No. But yes. Keith, real quick, don't think about it too much. You get yeah. to pick two of our office members to represent you in your upcoming murder trial. Murder who, trial? Who do you pick? 
Uh, Eugene and Bobby. Okay, there you go. And if you're being heaved because of the color of his skin, he'd have a case. If you're being evicted because of his religion, he'd have a case. But Definitely we're certainly Eugene. allowed to ask uh, on the application, it's a, it's a have you ever Bobby been charged with the decapitation? Well, it really it depends on what, leave that question what I've been you think you're accused funny? of. You, you asked on murder specifically. All right. There are a lot of other I'll topics take it that under pick advisement. Give me till the morning, 10 o'clock. How dare you ask me that? I understand this is difficult. I would love to be able to talk to George Vogel, or excuse me. (laughs) I would love to be able to talk to Michael Monks and find out when he knew what he knew. Like when they gave him character backstory as they were filming, you know? Because he does it so, he plays it down the middle so well. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if he knew about the twist before the season finale. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure because David probably didn't know. I'm not sure David knew yeah. about the twist before the season <laughs> oh. finale. My sister is murdered, and what, you plan to put her on trial? Miss Poole, the prosecution thinks there was something going on between your sister and Dr. Olson. That's there not wasn't. a fraud. It's just longer She liked yeah, playing teeth. He's a me. dentist. Okay. Then is it possible she could have been having an affair with somebody else? No. What about her ex-husband? Your client killed this him lady is Benita. He was obsessed Friedrich. with her, and he killed her because Friedrich. she wasn't interested in him. Friedrich. And I can't believe Friedrich. you actually expect me to help you. From Chuck. Did your sister like bugs? Excuse me. Excuse me. There was a plastic container filled with bugs, cockroaches. It was found at the scene. The police don't know how it got there. Oh, it's like water in the Did plastic she like heat house. Bugs? Oh, snap. And no other fingerprints belong to anybody. Oh, okay. Another person from the cast of Breaking Bad. Guy who probably maybe works for the DEA. (laughs) Yeah, you think. Oh, and we are continuing to round out the cast of Breaking Bad, this time with Dean Norris. Obviously, from Breaking Bad, Total Recal, Under the Dome, Claws, Scandal, The West Wing, Tremors, the TV show, Starship Troopers, Terminator 2, and Gremlins 2. Uh, so excited. So we've had Skyler, we've had Tuco, and now we have uh, Dean Norris is here. And as of uh, two weeks ago, Better Call Saul. Spoilers. Guys, How the casting department on this show is dynamite than the victim or the defendant. What else did you find, detective? We retrieved a pair of latex gloves from a trash container. Back to the dentist case. DNA analysis revealed they were worn by the defendant. The DNA samples were... Oils from skin flakes on the inside of the gloves. And on the outside of the gloves? Skin secretions from the victim and uh, traces of grape jelly. Grape jelly? Yes, her mouth was filled with grape jelly. Anything else, detective? We found several pictures of the victim in the defendant's desk. Doesn't look good, guys. Doesn't look good. Keith, when you were a member of the jury, did you, you get a yellow legal pad? Because everybody on Dr. the jury Olsen. here is writing on and a yellow legal pad. And when you got there, pad. did he tell you he tried to clear her airways when he walked in, discovering her mouth all clogged? He said that, yes. And for the sake of argument, detective, if somebody reached in to clear Ms. Poole's mouth out, he'd probably get traces of jelly on his hands or gloves, don't you think? Objection, speculate. Bobby rocking the three-piece double-breasted yeah, pinstripe suit. Yeah, good-looking suit. suit. Oof. 
Good looking. We're only here because of speculation. Objection. Sustained. Let's move on. Detective, are you aware that Ms. Poole sought and obtained a restraining order against her ex-husband two years ago? Yes. We questioned Mr. Jensen and ruled him out as a suspect, if that's where you're going. You can't rule out the possibility of somebody else coming into that room after Dr. Olson left, can you? No evidence points to anyone other than Dr. Olson. But you can't exclude the possibility of somebody else coming into that room. No, I can't. But fibers from his gloves were found on her neck and nobody else's. Yes, and if my client were performing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on the victim, would it be possible for fibers of the gloves to get on the victim's neck? I have no idea. You have no idea. Well, let's leave it at that. The detective has no idea. Wait, pause it right there. Look in the upper right-hand corner of the jury box. Mm-hmm. Our old friend Donna the Juror is back! She's back now! Well, S- oh, wait, wearing a bob. Here's the question, Keith. I ask yes. you, and I ask someone legal-minded to do the research, because I can't remember how long betwixt serving on trial juries can you return or is she to be somebody are we just to assume she's a different juror that is a really good question i mean certainly she would not be called back three times in three years (laughs) of her own accord but i do wonder is it legally volunteer i think you can volunteer to be a juror maybe I, I don't know. A better podcast. Mm. So if you happen to know, especially in Boston, what the rules are for volunteering as a juror versus you're on the you're on the production staff and the extra called in sick. So they put you they did you did your hair differently and threw you on the jury box for the third time in three seasons. Yeah, and like could you and then to survive Voidir for three murder trials? Three murdered with the same defense attorneys. That's they were like, oh yeah, that bitch, get her. I f- I feel like she has to work on the show in some capacity. Yeah, like a costume. Yeah, whatever department. I don't know. Do you have a second? Would this be ex parte? Well, it uh, may or may not be. I'll let you be the judge. Gee, thanks. Zing. When I saw that this case was going to your division, I thought about bringing a motion to recuse you. Since both you and George Vogelman had inadvertently been listed as suspects after Lindsay Dole was stabbed. Of the same I know it's not a direct conflict, but... Well, after seeing the anger of George Vogelman and what a false accusation can do to a person, I have to be honest and ask the question. Can you see straight on this issue? Absolutely fair for Can Eleanor I to have see those straight on the issue of concerns. being falsely accused of something? Yes. Well, if I couldn't, <clears throat> wouldn't my bias run in your favor? I don't know. You don't know? Let me tell you what I do know. On my shelf over there, next to a creepy scratched-out picture of Lindsay's eyes, you might see a shiny object known as an Emmy. So take a seat, bitch, because this bitch is the number one bitch. Kiddleson bitch! <laughs> However, Judge, this bitch already had an Emmy. And I also, I have two nominations and one Emmy. You just got one Emmy. 
Take he, that. Boom. Years ago, when we first met on that shanty of a tour bus for Titanic, did, <laughs> yes. you, did you ever think that 20 some years later, or however the hell long it's been, actually close to 20 years, uh, we would be role playing two women in a TV <laughs> show from the late 90s? Uh, calling each other bitches and flaunting our previously won Emmys. Uh, quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> but I would like to point out that this show was still running when we were on that tour. Wow. There's so many <laughs> time vortexes that are spinning in my brain right now. Uh, Any thoughts as to how this case ended up before me, counsel? It's because you went to the favor bank and you asked a certain clerk named Benny to make sure oh, Benny's this case back. dropped into my lap, figuring my bias Uncredited would work Benny. for you. I see a and lot straighter than I'm given credit for. Yes. Wow, she called the shit out of that bluff. She called the shit out of that bluff. Absolutely. Do not fuck with Kittleson. As I said, I, love that I will scene, take though. the matter under advisement. In the meantime, get your ass out of my chambers. I love the sort of moral ambiguity of one of our heroes sort of trying to get one over on somebody and get and just like flat out getting smacked down. I also am interested in two sort of meta things. One, David E. Kelly, now, now that... Um, she's won an Emmy, he's got to keep writing this judge into episodes when right. clearly the same judge just can't be judging all of one firm's cases. And what happens to our other buddy, Linda Hunt? Like, is she out of favor now? Or are they going to keep using her? Or is, is Oh, well, clearly they can both be in the same episode. Uh, oh, and clearly the happenstance of going up against the same judge is nothing like them going up against Helen every single week. And now that the show's winning Emmys and the guest stars are winning Emmys, what kind of explosion of guest stars are we going to see? I mean, Henry Winkler's in this episode like Tony Danza was in the other and hasn't even said anything. Right? We got the Fonz. Wow. Future Emmy winner, future and past Eddie Emmy winner, the Fonz. He's so good on uh, Barry. She would come uh, in twice Barry. a week to have her teeth cleaned. Every week? Yes. She had this compulsive thing about her teeth. She'd brush them 12 times a day and come in twice a week for plaque We removal. should do this. Were you ever there for any of these? Dental hygienist! Profession from the before times. Yeah, speaking of things I didn't expect to be doing in my life, Belting the words dental hygienist. <laughs> That's a new one. That is Emily Kuroda. Kuroda from uh, the Gilmore Girls. If you were a fan of that show, also under one roof, just us guys sequestered in L.A. law. And just so that I don't forget, the judge in this case is played by Charles Chaffee from Shaft, The X-Files, St. Elsewhere, Wonder Woman, and Clute. Cleanings. Glue, too? He did them himself. Glute. Oh. Which was odd. I'm the hygienist. He wanted to do them. Yes. Then he started scheduling her for early mornings before the office was even open. Did you ever witness any of these early morning encounters? One time I came in early 
the door to the examination room slammed shut in a hurry. Dr. Olson then told me I was never to come in early like that again. Did you find this strange? Of course. But I found the whole thing very strange. Anything else you find strange? Well, I'm also in charge of accounts receivable. He instructed me not to bill her. Two visits a week for over a year. That's a lot of time not billed. That's true. So, if I'm clear, the crux of your testimony Man. is that he cleaned Anything. her teeth twice a week early in the morning and didn't bill her, and you found that strange. Basically. Thank you. Mm, that's a bad By the way, there. do you have any reason to believe that she wasn't really getting her teeth cleaned on these visits? No. On the over-the-shoulder of Bobby, she was cleaned. taking notes. She had this of his question, and then they cut to the front. She Thank you, wasn't Ms. holding the pen. That's all. Yeah. I think Bobby's inferring she wasn't getting her teeth cleaned. Oh, gee, I guess I should just give up then. You got fingerprints and a suspicious hygienist. I got two you... people in a room. One ends up strangled. What's that, suicide? You got no huh, case. Wait, stop. I'm Bob Jensen. Something important has happened. Okay. We have received another live filing and subpoena. Is my wife texting you this whole episode? <laughs> yeah. Wow, should we hire her as an intern? She could be our crack our crack Googler. Look at this. She has found out potential jurors in Massachusetts may only be selected for jury duty once every three years. Thus answering the question that Donna the juror is clearly not a real person, but a but an extra who they were not expecting there to be a seven-hour, every-episode podcast about this show. However, now I a new question has arisen from our previous listeners, Keith, which say, hey, if it's that easy to just Google the answers to these questions, <laughs> <laughs> why aren't we getting these hot takes every episode? Uh, I think we have an answer, and you be ready. Here we go. We don't even care. To open another browser because we didn't have enough cores in our previous MacBook and we're lazy and it's not that podcast. <laughs> Something in that in that vein. Perfect, perfect. I used to be married to the woman who was killed. Not an appreciate your innuendo that I might be a suspect. Mr. Jensen, I sympathize with the loss of your ex-wife, but this is a murder trial. Just be happy you haven't been officially planned to be, buddy. If your feelings get That's easily true. hurt he, he there, a soft plan B. I'd stay out of the room. What's with these people? Thanks for the compassion, Bobby. Yeah, yeah right. You just accused the guy of murder. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, what a dick. Have you ever heard him close? Who? What who? Your friend the midget. Have you ever heard him close? He doesn't scare Whoa. me. We're hitting the short Bobby, thing no real know. hard here. Yes, I'm five, six and a half. to explain why he never <laughs> billed her, why he kept her pictures. It does seem suspicious. Suspicious, yes, but Lindsay's you can't had her hair on that. You know, for someone who has been shot relatively recently, she stabbed. is doing stabbed, but aggressively Jimmy stabbed. Jimmy was shot. Aggressively, yeah, aggressively stabbed. stabbed. Yeah. She is. looks like pretty fire. She's firing on all cylinders. Congrats for the rehab. Look, enough time has elapsed for Bobby to time travel back to 1978. That's true. Or perhaps she had a good friend, who may or may not be me, <laughs> who knew the right ways to give her the care she needed to get her up and at him faster than usual. Ugh. Mike 
Disgusting. <laughs> Medically able. It's too risky not to have him testify. And willing. And willing. And willing. I'm not frightened. I have nothing to hide. Are we gonna see? We computer? get a scene with Winkler. Now. Ask your mother. Mom, you have another and bite Jimmy. of broccoli, and then you can be excused. Mom. Yes. Yes. The main thing: don't try to outsmart this lawyer. He'll be trying to trap you. Why Just. Why aren't we calling the sister? Rebecca talked to her. She's not in the mood to help. But you could subpoena her, right? Well, if she's not going to be helpful. Uh, millennial listeners, that's what we call a telephone. We, we still have telephones, actually. Yeah, yeah, but they, like, you used to have to go and pick them up. You did have to do that. Uh, meanwhile, the Fonz's wife here is played by Kathleen Lloyd from Magnum P.I. in Equal Justice. What about the ex-husband? Can you call him to the stand? Steven, it's Nancy. Shut up, Laura. I'm going to risk. Can I be excused? Yes, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Mike just bailed on something. The key in your testimony is just stick to yes or no. Okay. I was going to criticize the acting of those child actors, and then I realized that they have more IMDb's than I'll ever have. So I was like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to just let it go. We're on IMDb. Sure, he'll be asking that. That is something they will ask. I didn't have an affair with her, Allison. The police aren't saying affair, Henry. They're saying that you were obsessed with her. Oh, well, yeah, I was obsessed with her, but I didn't have an affair with her. How many times are we going to have the same talk? Every time something new. You know, if I recall, when we got married, I didn't say anything about having sex with a corpse while stuffing grape jelly in her mouth, okay? That's true. And don't forget the roaches. Who pops up like pictures. She gave me her pictures. I don't know why. Maybe she's obsessed with me. No, she's dead. Think a woman who obsessively has to have her teeth cleaned. Maybe she sees a dentist as... I don't know. I don't know. Don't do that tomorrow. Don't be playing hunches. <laughs> just say she wanted me to have them. I don't know why. Good one, Jimmy. And for some reason, you just didn't throw them out. Oh, the grape jelly. Jimmy oh, has opened the it. cabinet. That is an awful oh, lot of grape suspicious. jelly. They went to Costco recently. What family doesn't have grape jelly? There's a lot of grape jelly in that cabinet. And... <laughs> Also, a lot of A1 sauce that they forgot to, unless that's product placement, that's clearly A1 sauce. Well, it clear, it, well, it is. They've turned it around, but so it's they're just shooting one? at an angle, yeah. so you can see it's just one sauce, yes. <laughs> what, your family doesn't have 37 jars of grape jelly and two What's very... What's cons- you? <laughs> that, that Your family doesn't have sauces and flavorings? Someone was like, you know what? This is this is this is a little too subtle, guys. Can you get the weird psycho synth sound effect going too? That that yeah synth. yeah. He only has an aircraft carrier full of grape jelly. <laughs> Let's hear that synth again. Oh, that's suspicious. What family doesn't have grape jelly? <laughs> Jimmy's really thinking it hard. <laughs> Mr. Vogelman, I certainly sympathize with the ongoing unfairness you have been subjected to. As your lawyer suspects, I know how you feel. But the co-op contract clearly empowers the association to evict a member as long as it acts reasonably. Yeah. Now, there is a great deal of evidence here to suggest that you went back to a motel with a young lady, first date no less, where you had sex with her, after which you promptly chopped off her head. 
Wow. I wouldn't want you on my block, much less in my apartment building. You may very well be innocent. I realize that. But you might not be. Shit. Plaintiff's petition for a TRO She denied. sees right through him. Adjourned? Takes one to know one. What now? I don't know. Can I appeal? George, my legal advice would be for you to start looking for a new place to live. Things you don't want to hear your lawyer say to you after your case for 200, <laughs> yeah, that's please. that's a little rough. I don't know what to tell you. Find a new apartment. Go away. Got to have my house Flee the country. Well, maybe you can have your goodbye party. Bad joke. Yeah. Hey, have dinner with me, Eleanor. My last supper. We could get an expensive bottle of wine and I don't Happy know. Easter, everyone. George, I don't know how to break this to you, but do you remember when I broke up with you because you were ugly? A lot's changed. And then you sued me? A, yeah, a lot for has, not dating you. A lot has changed since then, except one thing. Yeah. Your prosthetic. Ten things are good. I knew it was coming. I'm a good cook. Sure. Wow. Great. The question is, why didn't you ever bill her? I kind of like Shaggy Bobby. And why did you have her pictures? Well, she gave me her pictures, and I don't know. I, I'm not uh, buying it. Should have thrown them away. That's because you don't have any money other, left. All, after all that grape was, jelly, you uh, bought. Very nice <laughs> to have a beautiful woman come in. I don't get a lot of attention from attractive. It was very flattering. I mean, you can empathize, Keith. And maybe I even That's had a little crush, one. and so I didn't bill her. But I never had an affair with her, and I certainly did not kill her. Okay, Dr. Olson, I want you to take us through that morning. I cleaned her teeth. I bought some grape jelly. And then I went back to my office, which is at the end of the corridor, 40, maybe 50 feet. Bought some more grape jelly. And I thought she had left. And I came out of my office a little while later. Made some toast. And I went into the examining room just to clean up. And she was there. In the chair. Not breathing. What did you do then? I Put tried some grape to jelly on her, her airway. <laughs> and I saw that her mouth was filled with something I didn't know what at first. And then I realized it was jelly. And I tried to revive her and I couldn't. So I called 911. You tried to revive her? Yes. How? I did some mouth to mouth. Well, she had a mouthful of jelly? Well, I, I pulled enough out to clear her airway. I mean, Why I, didn't you I, do I a happen to like jelly. You're a doctor. I, mean, I considered that, but the truth is, she was dead. She had no pulse. She wasn't breathing. I would have stopped again. the mouth to mouth, but I mean, I was enjoying the jelly, so I just went with it. I mean, if it were like a raspberry jam, I would have let her die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Did you murder her because she was going to break off a sexual affair? Objection. What, you don't want him to answer? I did not have an affair with her, and I did not kill her. Before you came back to the examining room, you were in your private office. Yes. Doing what? Uh, paperwork. I was going over the day's appointments. Paperwork. Did you wash the floor? I'm sorry? The floor. The lab results showed traces of ammonia and disinfectant on the floor. Did you wash it? We have cleaners that come in every night. Yes, but this was Monday. They don't come in on Sunday. Have you ever attempted to get the stickiness of grape jelly off your floors? You need heavy ammonia. 
days. And the analysis showed this floor to be freshly washed. Some parts weren't even completely dry. Bobby seems taken aback. Did you wash the floor that morning, Dr. Olson? Pip squeaks got no, something No, I did on not. Did you cause any liquid to fall on the floor? Excuse me? Simple question. Did you cause any liquid to fall upon the floor of your office? No, I don't believe I did. What about semen? Ooh. Is there a reason Ooh. semen droplets were found? Droplets with an exact DNA match to the one... Objection! There was no evidence of any semen introduced! Nor am I introducing ben. it now. I'm simply asking the witness a question. If semen were found, any idea as to how it could have gotten there? Did you think you got it all when you washed the floor that morning, Dr. Olson? Objection! Objection! I'll see counsel in chambers. Now, Keith, yeah. I'm going to approach this delicately. Okay, oh, please, for the love of God. I have had a few sexual trysts in my life. Yes. Uh, Ne'er once. With medically able mm-hmm. ladies. Ne'er once have I ever accidentally or purposefully gotten semen on the floor it what would have had to happen betwixt the jelly and the woman for it to get on the floor Mm, mm. you know my favorite part of that question which i i will answer is that uh jen was walking around behind you so she is not hearing both sides of this so she just heard you say completely out of context Never have I once put semen on the floor. Uh, Amazing. I'm sure she'd be happy to know. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of questions about this. I, I, uh, that would be, I think that'd be relatively unfair. It's unfair surprise if they had evidence. We consider it neither inculpatory nor exculpatory. It was a different room. Oh, that's right. You figured that. All right. Know it. You have evidence of the defendant's semen being in his office? Yes. And you didn't turn it over to them? We have no evidence of the victim being in the defendant's office, therefore we don't consider it necessarily relevant. So you decide just to drop it like a bomb? I asked the witness a question. You decide to just drop it like semen on the floor. Quiet! This should be declared a mistrial right now! I said quiet. I like when Bobby gets steamy. Bobby... I'm not playing the bumper, but we all <laughs> Mr. Know. Bay, I'm very tempted to throw this trial out right now. Your Honor, shut up. You're to turn over to them everything you have on this immediately. If there's one more surprise, I will dismiss with prejudice in favor of the defendant. You understand me? Yes, Your Honor. I will also put you in jail. If I could explain, Your I'm Honor. I'm not interested. You're on probation for the rest of this trial. Did we talk about Your this, Honor. Judge, Keith? It's inconceivable for you not to declare that a mistrial now. It's not going to happen. The trial goes on. You want to beat him up in the parking lot? You have my blessing. But the trial Shit. goes on. We still haven't learned the backstory between Bobby and Pipsqueak, right? No. What the hell was that? Oh, I can explain. And maybe too late to explain. Well, then I won't. Yes, you will. Bobby. You're going down for murder now. You get that? I didn't kill her. You get that? I didn't kill her. Then start talking. Leave him alone. All right. Everybody calm down. Henry. His name is Henry? It is. 
Sometimes David gets Allison, very lazy. He's like, now? whatever, just what? write his name in. Why? Just do it, please. Okay. Look, I'll admit on, to my Steven. affair, but my wife's leaving the room first. And the kid. Gotta take out the teenage son who's there for a reason? Yeah. I have a fetish. <laughs> I want to hear this. Fetish? Wait, pause it right there for a second. I, what I want our dear listeners to think about is while he does this monologue, what Henry Winkler thought when he was, he was like, yeah, I'll do an episode of The Practice for sure. Oh, here's the script. And then they get to this monologue and like, what's going through his head when he's like, oh, I'm going to have to sell this. Oh, you know he relished it. He, j- he, he grape jellied it. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't come up with a way to work grape jelly in, so I just came up with a different condiment. <laughs> he should have used Bugs. a condiment. He wouldn't have gotten oh, cut. Oh, zing! Wait, back it up. We have to hear this whole thing. Yeah, I have a Sorry. fetish. To start with, I have a fetish. Yeah. I have a dream and a fetish. Bugs. Bugs? It's, um... I get aroused when I see a woman step on them. She came in, I cleaned her teeth, and then she would step on the bugs. And then I would go to my office and, you know, gratify myself. Explains a lot. That's what happened on that day. start using gratify myself. I like that euphemism. Okay. Every one of their faces in that scene was my face. It was truly. uh, Yeah, so that's a a real thing. Which I, it, it might be the most upsetting fetish I've ever heard of in my life. I heard about it. Eh, well, because cake farts. It's called, well, no, because nothing is dying. Okay, fair. you're you're literally killing something. And but did David E. Kelly come up with that? Did he research that in his own, or did someone in the writers' room be like, "Oh, I know this one"? You know what I mean? I well, I know about it because I heard mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like this. No, mm-hmm. this is going to be so much dorkier than what you're thinking. Okay. I heard about it in Senate testimony. In when what? they were debating outlawing it. Oh. <laughs> so, like, that is nerdier than I thought. It's so much nerdier. But, yeah, because it's... Because, uh, well, I mean, because it escalates beyond cockroaches. It becomes really horrible. Yeah, so, snuffy. It gets snuffy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a new one. I got My, just the guy for that part. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler, the Fonz. I wonder if this is the first time it's ever been brought up on network television, though. I am not crazy. Eleanor, George is weird. No, he isn't weird. And even yeah, if he yeah, is, he weird. I, Girl, I feel he bad weird. for the guy, okay? I mean, his life is completely ruined. It doesn't mean you have to eat pot Look, roast. it's not like guys are breaking down our door, Rebecca. You know, wow, Lucy! I'm defending you. Rebecca, you? get on the internet and find out what you can about these crush... Now, to be fair, 
season two or three, or episode two or three, that was just Rebecca. They just changed who says this snotty shit about it. That's right. Remember, she like tr- got her like a whole online. Yeah, she was terrible. She was so mean in season one. Bugs. People getting sexually aroused by stepping on bugs. Then I need an expert witness, some shrink who can testify about it, and I need it fast. What do you mean, step in? Just what I said. What's going on? Our client likes bugs. <laughs> Wait, Eugene, welcome to season four. Eugene, hey. I'm not dating him. How'd he feel about looking at the script? Richard? Wait, Don't I just start with me, Helen. Nominated for an Emmy. Side. What's my line? What's going on? <laughs> you know you're lucky. Look like you just woke up from a nap. Hey, if he did, I'd have been no worse off. Fan. I had to catch him on the stand, Helen. New fan. You know those guys. It's very warm If I would have turned over all that evidence, they'd have tailored a nice little story to account for the whole thing. I had to catch him in a lie. Richard, it was prosecutorial misconduct. Oh, get hey, maybe off you it. can live with seeing murderers walk. I can't. No, you can live with losing on appeal so long as you win at trial, because that's when the cameras. She's are the voice of reason now. She went Thank insane you, last Helen. season. You sent know, a little kid to, to prison. With one of their lawyers, you're living with and another. Maybe you're the even second person her. of her of the series. Does that make you feel better saying that? She assassinated Tuco. Remember, this guy killed a woman. I'll do whatever I have to. It's called a crush fetish. I wouldn't say it's common, but it's certainly not unique to Dr. Olson. Can you describe it for the jury? Basically, it stems from childhood, and it's generally related to the Oedipus complex. Can we talk specifically? Yes. Specifically, as a toddler, Dr. Olson saw his mother frightened by a bug, after which she stepped on it. Seeing a surge in his mother's adrenaline caused a similar adrenal surge in Dr. Olson. This is the typical genesis. Jesus. For whatever reason, this adrenal rush becomes sexual as the boy grows older. To the point where one becomes aroused by seeing a female stomp on a bug. You've studied this? I'm familiar with it. (laughs) Believe it or not, there is currently an American journal of the crush freaks. Seeing a woman mash a bug on the floor can be sexually stimulating? There's an underground videotape industry. Thank you. And that's what was going on with him? Yes. Okay, we should do... Psychologist who knows a disturbing amount about that fetish. Grape jelly. <laughs> Star Trek fans, you're going to know that voice because that's Tucker Smallwood from Contact, the Sarah Silverman program Seinfeld. He played the Zindi primate counselor in On Enterprise and was Admirable Bullock in the episode In the Flash. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. Clean her teeth and she would step on cockroaches. And how did you meet Ms. Poole? Uh, The internet. She proposed uh, that she would do this for me uh, in exchange for free teeth cleanings. Did you ever tell anybody else about your fetish for bugs? I told my wife once. (laughs) I just clean your teeth and then you step on some cockroaches. Perfectly perfectly good cleaning. Perfectly good cleaning. She would crush uh, these bugs. You become the, aroused. What's the phrase? Self-gratify? I, I self-gratify in the floor. Yes. Flea <laughs> bargain? You mean say I did it? We're not recommending it. We're just saying it's an option. But why? Okay, hot take. Worse. Your spouse is cheating on you. 
Okay. Or your spouse just has women come in and step on bugs while he masturbates. Well, here's my hot take. I still think that's cheating. I think I think that definitely counts as cheating in my book. Even if the 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 cockroach crusher is fully clothed. If I'm if I'm gratifying myself in the presence or knowledge of someone else, that definitely counts. Okay. I think that's a fair one saying it. an option if you're not recommending it. Some would Doctor, say you did okay damage control just now, but the damage was still done. Jimmy we're up against it, Henry. I'm not saying I think you did it. I'll say it. I don't believe you anymore, Henry. Wow. Listening to you up there. I mean, nobody's asked the obvious question. Okay, let's buy... Okay, the whole cockroach thing. Great. So you're in your office... So still, you're in your office masturbating while the woman's still there, P.S. She hasn't gone anywhere. Someone came into the office, and this is during office hours, murders well, the no, woman. No, it's before, before it's open. Okay, but still, someone comes in while you're masturbating, right. and she's still there, murders her, shoves a bunch of grape jelly, which you happen to have a stockpile in your house, Right. leaves, and then you come in and find her to frame you for some reason. But I think that would, yeah. now that his wife is saying she doesn't believe him and is mad. Maybe she found out about it and framed him. Mm. I'm going to, pl- I want to plan B her. You're oh, you better plan B her. Sick person and I, honey, well, you get your grape jelly. Read about this. <laughs> By the way, she's giving a great performance. Yes. Could you give us a moment? Sure. This is Kathleen Lloyd. Hey, why take a moment? You could have 25 to life, Henry. We might set a record for the longest out of practice podcast episode. We this literally week. might because this yeah, episode's only half over. Or, uh, ah. I don't know. We should have been digging into who else wanted that woman dead. We did dig into that. Not enough. We didn't. She's into stuff that kinky. Who knows what kind of people she was mixed up with? He gets an annuity. Hey, you know Eugene. about that, Olson? From his father, an annual annuity of a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. So, so. Anybody thought about Plan B? Plan B? Me. Who? The ex has an yeah. alibi. I'm talking about Henry's wife. What? She got an alibi? What does Mike think's think gonna happen? Maybe she found out about her husband's little secret. Maybe she wanted revenge. Problem is, if she kills him, there goes the annuity and she loses a lot of money. Better to frame him, get him stuck in jail. Come on. Look, she probably has keys to his offices, uh, maybe knows his routine, sneaks in, kills the girl. First of all, the police checked her out. And accepted her word that she was home. Well, I know Allison, and she and would never... You you knew Henry, and you didn't know he was cheating on his wife with a cockroach. everyone who murders somebody is an old Funny. friend of a she cast member. She doesn't really have an alibi. Maybe we could plan B her. Bobby, there's no way this woman killed her. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It's about time we have a plan B jingle, Keith. I've been thinking about it, and it's about time it happens. All right, well, I guess your plan A should be making a plan B jingle. Yeah, but I'm th- what I really want it to be is an acapella jingle where there's like six of us each doing like a full acapella arrangement. Okay. Well, the point you, is you, you set it up. It. I'll sing it. <laughs> I mean, at least enough to make reasonable doubt. I don't think you're picking up what I'm throwing down here. Business, Eugene. Falsely accusing people of murder. <laughs> Last time we did this. Oh, I am. I'm just, uh, hey, I'm just throwing it out. Your plan being me. Your plan being me. I didn't think you'd Get be some ammonia. I left it on the floor. What was the statement? 
home alone, kids were at school. The police did confirm that the, that the car never left the driveway. There's lots of pencils People behind People take buses. It's too desperate. Did well, you ever see right through it? Your, your buddy was last seen with the victim. He lies under oath. We find out that he gets off on crushed cockroaches. He's a sick wacko. You don't know what you're talking about. Otherwise. He's bad lawyering, Jimmy. So let's just concentrate. Hold on. Well, we have Hold, to on. Hold on. I love for how Bobby cockroaches is, has three syllables. Keith, I'm a little emotional because this is our first inter-office squabble of the season. It really is. But we all talk over like- each other. I liked the scene up until that point. Assuming that this is an option, what we call to the stand and then... then I also like that there's only, what, one, two, three, four, like five or six of them in the, in the, uh, as partners, and they have a Knights of the Roundtable giant conference desk. Well, they probably had everybody in the scene, but they only had like four hours left to film that day and they couldn't deal with the coverage. And asked to treat her hostile? Is there another way? We gotta run it by the client. And he'd say no. Which is maybe why we don't tell him. He'll tip her off and we you won't be able to ambush her. You cannot tell the client, Bobby. What are you, crazy? Hey, do we have an obligation to tell the client our strategy? No. We have an obligation to act in his best interest. You and can't this withhold information interest. from the client. That's malpractice. It's not withholding information. You don't it's tell just him not telling him his strategy. wife of murder. That's not withholding information. We've already been sued once for this. We don't need this kind of I think I'm on Jimmy with this one. Yeah, me too. All right, look. Let's run it by Henry. Let it be his call. Would you allow your wife to be plan b Keith? You never told me you could cook. This uh, is delicious. I think that would uh, probably be a bad idea. First, Not sure. butter. Butter? I smell a whole bird. Oh, no. Seeps in when I bake. Second, don't carve all at once. Just dries out the meat. Eleanor's date. Now, Got Keith, candles. I love yeah. the practice. I love it. I think I've made that clear over the past few episodes. I'm a convert. However, if in the next few scenes, Eleanor Mm -hmm. excuses herself to the ladies' room and finds a nun outfit in George George Vogelman's house, Uh I will lose my shit and proclaim this my favorite show ever. (laughs) Because it will be so amazing. I carve as I serve. You want another piece? He's got a lot of knives. Eleanor does I will have look- one more, and then I am done. That is an awfully big knife you have there, George. All the better to cut yeah. your head off with, my dear. Oh, oh my God. Bad joke. It's one for each of us. Dallas humor is all I have left. You know, this thing is going to follow you. People the are going to make judgments. The scariest thing about Sometimes George Vogelman is that disturbing bowl cut in the back of his head. I should just sever the past completely. Leave town. That's not the worst idea, but I'd miss you. Oh, maybe they have to start dating first before. Oh, God, he's got that knife. I'll miss you too, Eleanor. They're building the suspense very well. They're going to tease us. They're just going to keep teasing us. What's the matter? I've been missing you. One good thing about my legal woes is I've been able to spend time with you. Remember when we used to talk on the phone and laugh back in the days? Oh, right. You know, I forgot. Sorry to interrupt this great scene, but they were having a great relationship before she turned him down, right? They had like the, right. they were pen pals and they were talking Well, it was the over phone. the phone, yeah. Yeah. Before you laid eyes on me, George. I saw his real nose. You're the greatest woman I've ever known, Eleanor. I admit it. Thank Are they going to bump nasties? This is where you're supposed to say something nice about me. 
Your nose is prominent. Okay, how about... I really like having you as a friend, George. Ooh. What are things Keith's heard many times in his life? Oddly, <laughs> people calling him George, but the sentiment remains. <laughs> You're assuming I had friends. Yeah. Just to friend zone me. Not the time to try to kiss someone. No, she just called. Oh, well, she went with it. Why do you taste like grape jelly? <laughs> That was like a full-on kiss kiss. No. Henry, no, Jimmy. I'm not going to let you point the finger at her. Well, you we better get it, Winkler. You get that? You think I win because I accuse my own wife of murder? We'd be doing it, not you. Oh. With my blessing, you want to risk prison the rest of your life? Is that what I'm hearing? Allison could not possibly... Actually, let's do it live. Ready, Keith? It's... You just find a third harmony on top of me. It's time for a plan B. Me! That was bad. That was, it was more really, of like really an bad. octave than. Uh, well, I, I I didn't know what the jingle was. Let it's time for a plan. Our plan B. B. There we go. <laughs> Moderately we have done better. this. You know her. it doesn't matter. She's uh, a red herring to give us reasonable doubt. Yes, this is the definition crazy, of a plan Jimmy. B. What Henry. jury is going to believe? It isn't crazy. Think about it. Do you know, though, what the Fonz's favorite plan is? Plan A. Come on. <laughs> We're never going to finish this I'm episode. I'm not saying I think she did it, but the idea she did. You said yourself you two had a big screaming fight over this bug fetish thing. Maybe she figured it was going on at work. If the door was locked, she'd have a key, right? You kept your appointments in your computer at home. She'd know if anybody would be there. She knew your office hours of business. Can you be positive? She also encouraged she you to take there? the plea bargain. She did. Yes, I can. Oh, shit. Me and you. Lawyer privilege. Friend privilege. Oh, fuck. Me and you? Sure. You were close. It was Stephen. His son? What? Your son, Stephen? I saw the door close on him when he left. Fuck. I think he must have come down. And he discovered... Why haven't you told anybody this? Because I don't want him to spend the rest of his life in jail for something I drove him to. Well, then take the plea bargain, you dick. Now, look, you said I had a very good chance of beating this thing. That's what I've decided to do. And he's letting you take the fall. He's so angry with me, he doesn't care. The score he doesn't is even know I know. This episode. Yes. There's some real instruments, finally. Let me go to the DA. Absolutely not. Henry, no chance. My dad tells me not to swim drunk, and Henry Winkler's going to take the fall for murder for his son. They will try him as an adult. You know that, Jimmy. His life will be over. What if he kills somebody? Well, I'll get him help. No, Henry, you can't. This is between you and me. You gave me your word. Oh, Winkler's killing him. You say anything to anybody, I'll confess to the crime. 
People didn't realize how good of an actor he was back when he was the Fonz. I'm willing to take the risk. Okay. Closing arguments. Wow. Does it look bad? Of course it does. Ladies and gentlemen, for the defense, Bobby Shaggy Hair Donald. Beatnik Bobby. Does it look bad? Of course it does. She was strangled in his dental chair. No prints belonging to anybody else. That stenographer we know he's looks a like twisted. she's had a rough Sexually night. aroused by seeing bugs get crushed? What's with that? It looks really bad. Look at her. But he just did a Seinfeld. Sexually crushing bugs? What's the deal? What's the deal he with crushing bugs? Who did? He says, I, I want to crush know. bugs. I'm like, I don't know. I do know. The victim put herself out there on the internet advertising her service. Son's going to stand up right before he gets acquitted or something and be like, I did it. And you encounter a lot of depraved people doing that kind of thing. Maybe she was stalked that day. That suit is so good. Maybe she was followed to my client's office. Maybe her routine was known to the killer and this presented the perfect opportunity. I don't know. Neither do they. All they can prove with the physical evidence is that my client was in the same room as the victim. Well, he admitted that. In fact, he called the police, didn't he? And think about this. If he was going to kill somebody, would he do it this way? Strangle the person in his own office? Put grape jelly in her mouth? Leave his gloves in the room? Wouldn't he try to get away with it? Why didn't he? What because was the son putting grape jelly in her mouth it. for? That's a good And they have no physical or testimonial evidence to prove that he did. He kept her pictures, cleaned her teeth for free while she squished cockroaches. Maybe she said she wasn't going to do it anymore, and he snapped. We could stand here all day trying to make sense of it. But you Look, can't Donna gets make a sense of depravities, ladies and it's gentlemen. the least they could do. Whether it be a murder or a bug fetish, it's pointless to apply reason. No evidence. Yeah, but reasonable doubt is the whole that room bar, other than buddy. The, defendant. the woman he engages to come to his office to squish insects and bring him to a climax is found dead. Him and her she ends up strangled. We caught him in a lie. Mm. Right here on the witness stand. We already know he's a liar. Is there really even a question here that he's also a murderer? Kind of the whole question? Eleanor. Hey, George. Come on in. Oh, actually, I'm, uh, I'm running late for a deposition. George I just stopped been by out. to... Uh, well, 
I'm just feeling a little uncomfortable about last night's kiss. Oh? Straight to the point. I've been thinking about it all night, and... You know, George, your trial was the biggest professional victory of my life. Pretty big for me, too. And that kiss I was mean, the I think on some level I try to relive loss. that victory every chance I get. And being in your company on some unconscious, I just think I feel better about myself when I'm with you. You kissed me on some professional high? No, no. It's not that. I, I like being with you because... What I came here to say is that our friendship is very complicated. And my kissing you is probably not going to happen again. Damn. And I just want to be clear on that, that we just keep it as friends. What a okay. performance from Michael Monks here. I understand. Yeah, because it's so sincere, and yet we're like, is he going to go full raging psycho here? But he's not well, giving us that. The- either George is actually feeling all of this Mm -hmm. or George, the character is a phenomenal actor too. It's really interesting. Levels and levels and levels happening. Yeah. I did it, Eleanor. You okay with that? Yes. I appreciate you coming here to tell me, but now I have to try to kill one of your other friends. See you soon? Absolutely not. Well, I got that deposition, so... uh, All right. No. Bye. There's so much tension every time he's around now. Mm. Underscoring betrays him. If Eleanor Once had stepped forward another back, two feet, she no would have seen credibility. it. You're just a guilty man trying so Unless desperate... it comes back not guilty. You yourself said we have a decent chance. But it's a risk. A risk I'm willing to take. Henry, Fuck. I've made my decision. Joey's back. back. I mean, I'd die for my son, but would I go to federal pound me in the ass prison for him? It's tough. And that kid's just like, let's go with it. Do they have jelly in prison? But, Keith, let's let's just, let me, before we get the verdict here, and because we're okay. already three hours long, let's say you had discovered your dad likes to pork the sap holes of maple trees in Vermont. That's okay, his thing, sure. okay? And who could blame him, to be honest? But let's say that was his thing. Okay, right. Would you then chop really down all the maple trees? Really that out of the air pretty quickly there. Would you then chop down all the trees? Like in anger or murder somebody? It's like, okay. No, well, it, well, I... I think it's I think it's a false equivalent. Yeah, okay, so let me change that. Let me change that. No one or nothing, like, it, it like... Fucking a tree, uh, nothing's hurt by that. A tree no. doesn't even care. Okay, I Go should mention. I, I should care. mention in this scenario, the next door neighbor's name is Maple Tree. Ah, ah, yes. Well, then I would, <laughs> then I would, uh, I would have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would murder 
poor Miss or Mr. Maple Tree. And then fill their mouth with syrup? With syrup? Yeah. I, I, that's the part I've, that's the part of this whole story I don't quite understand. Where does the jelly come into well, this? Well, he's like, I have to make them think it was my dad. Well, it being in his office is pretty good, but just to take it another step further, he's got a weird thing with jelly, so I'm going to bring that. But we haven't established that. Let me take some <laughs> random thing from our my house that's in pretty, as Henry put it, pointed out, is in pretty much anybody's house. Not that much and great like, jelly. And like... Maybe, but it could have gone to Costco. Also, he's a dentist. Like, he would probably... He's taking the grape jelly out of her mouth. All right. We'll see if there's more to the story. Will the defendant please rise? Has the jury reached his verdict? We have. What say you? In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Henry Olson, in the charge of murder in the first degree... We find the defendant, Henry Olson, guilty. Oh. Swing Honor, and a miss. The defense notes to peel for Gonna the record. Be in there so past the sell by the court officer will take the defendant into custody. Members of the jury, this concludes your services. We thank you. This matter is adjourned. We have appealable issues. Can we win? I don't know. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Res Ipsa prison. Get out of here. Pips, please. Oh, snap. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Jimmy's looking at the sun. Why couldn't it have been fluff? No peanut butter? savage are you yeah okay and that is it you have gotten through if anybody is still listening that is gotten through the season premiere of the practice wow we went on so many journeys together today we really did my goodness and now oh god how dare you Oh, God. And now it is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Indeed. Indeed. What is going on with all my cables? It's season four, Keith. You can't Amazon yourself a goddamn new cable. I have like 400 (laughs) old cables because it's going into like this ancient M-Box. So, uh, hey, uh, Avid, if you want to send me a new M-Box... I will definitely uh, shout it out. I'm using right. the new Motu M2, Keith. Really enjoy it. Oh, all right. Well. Hashtag Motu. Hashtag Motu as opposed to Mbox from 19, probably when this episode aired. All right. Well, first up, we have to talk about the... Most 
Well, the most ethical lawyer goes to Jimmy because despite the entire firm's agreement that they were going to plan B the client's wife without his knowledge. That's right. Jimmy decided he was still going to discuss it with her, which actually turned the tide because no plan B took place and poor Winkler goes to prison. Yeah, so see, Jimmy kind of jimmied it up by not... Because, like, honestly, the right call in terms of giving him his best shot was definitely to plan B the wife. Yeah, and also we look at... Uh, well, Pipsqueak did, you know, he played every card he had. He 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 withheld evidence. He he strained legal credulity so much that he almost got the entire case thrown out. And yet that sort of Hail Mary of the semen on the floor ended up yeah. sending the defense scurrying and ultimately, I think, wins him the case. And I know that we're reconsidering our wins and losses here, but I think that he he to overcome the burden of proof beyond reasonable doubt is a tricky 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 bar to clear and he cleared it so it's hard not to award the most valuable lawyer to Richard Bay Richard Bay however since we are given the full picture here valuable society is is not is lesser well off because "Quote unquote, a murderer still roams the streets because of said lawyer's actions. So we can look at this through many lenses, Keith. I need well, you to help look, me out here. All right. Well, here's here's the thing, Phoenix. The law, good for good and evil, mostly evil, is specifically results based. We don't want our society to be as results based as it is, but the law." It's kind of binary. You win or you lose. This isn't the, you know, like the 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 moral pick part of this is sort of a side. It's he, you win or you lose. It is the the law, the legal system is very much results based. Whether it should be, whether that's the right thing is separate. So I definitely uh throw my vote for Richard Bay. Well, there you in go. In his first episode. There you go. So, congratulations, Richard Bay. You have won your first MVL in your first episode, which leaves us with. Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. Watch the first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. It is a dogfight this week between it really is. Henry Winkler and Michael Monks going toe-to-toe, cockroach for squished cockroach. And Keith, there's an existential crisis here, too. I think that Michael Monks, for me, gives the more powerful and powerful performance that has to walk the tighter tightrope. Mm-hmm. However, since the entire universe is or I should say the entire globe here is in quarantine lockdown and obsessively checking social media. We have a shot to reel in a big fish by hashtagging Henry Winkler. Should we award it to him? You never know if he sees it and makes a comment or decides he wants to uh, promote our podcast. So what do we go with? My heart 
or my marketing brain. Okay. Well, first off, <laughs> do the Oopsie Awards have no fucking integrity that you would think about marketing in your decisions? If the Oopsie Awards don't count for something, what are we doing this for? You're right. You cannot use that. You're right. How dare you, sir? How dare you? They're very serious and very real. <laughs> so, Henry Wh- No, I'm getting Michael Monks, I think, for me, uh, is the best guest actor. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one because this is a tough one. Not only do we have Dean Norris in the in this episode, you have Holland Taylor in this episode, where we have Jason Kravitz killing it mm-hmm. as his first appearance as mm-hmm. Richard Bay. Uh and yet I I agree with you. I think it does come down to Henry Winkler or Michael Monks here. And I think uh Monks does terrific work, and I I I definitely agree he deserves one, but just for the sake of <laughs> being a dick i'm gonna vote for henry winkler because i thought splitzy because i thought he did a really terrific job being uh both vulnerable but also uh very strong and also henry winkler is always 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 playing against type that's true yeah for the rest of the challenge he will always have and he always does it so well but it's that extra thing Definitely. Well, congratulations, Henry Winkler and Michael Monks with our first splitsy oopsie of the season, which leaves us with... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Bobby's back, baby, and he is... Give me all the Bobby. Uh, Dylan McDermott, great episode. M- Michael Botaluco, great episode. Great episode. Great episode all around. But I just keep coming back to those scenes with, with Eleanor and George. And just like we talk about with Steve Harris, when he's in a scene, he just destroys the scene and swallows it whole. That is what Cameron does. And even though I would say that this is probably Bobby's episode, I just can't escape how much of an impact and how great Eleanor, or excuse me, Cameron Mannheim plays this character, especially with her conflicting feelings with George. And so it's hard for me. I have to go with my gut and give it to Cameron. Yeah, no, I it, just for the sake of simplicity, I completely agree. I think Cameron, it's definitely Cameron's episode. She had the B story, but she definitely had the A story acting-wise. Um, and I thought she killed it. The mix of vulnerability there. I just, thousand percent. Cameron Mannheim, congratulations on your oopsie for season four, episode one. Next up. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Look, he's putting trademarks left and right. He's got Tampa Tommy. He's got Tampa Bray, Tampa Bay, or whatever that dumb one was. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bray. Yep. Um, so That's we're terrible. going to quickly, uh, just to give Keith a weird challenge on the Instagram this week, we're going to award right. this week's award to Marketing Wizard Tom Brady. Marketing Wizard. 
you know, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will counter with how about uh, trademark pirate. I like trademark it. pirate Tom Brady. I like it. All right. All right. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. I was amped for it. I think it delivered. They really, they, they, they've set up so such great tension with with George. I know they retconned him, but they are using it to their advantage. I think they built me so much tension in that storyline. Every time he held that knife, every weird crack he made, uh, just the the nun's habit on the back of the door with Eleanor feet away. It's just such great stuff. I thought everything with Henry Winkler was great. I thought the team were fun to, episode fun episode uh, to start the season on a high note uh, we could really dissect it but i feel like let's not uh <laughs> <laughs> both of our blood sugar right now is like yeah. zero we're barely completing sentences i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it 7.75 spare tires okay all right yeah no i i think it's a really solid episode i like all the performances i like the writing i thought the the story was interesting the the bug thing was interesting i i really would like to get an answer on the grape jelly thing like what the fuck it's not coming like that that feels like that was a uh a thread left untied uh but we'll see but you know what i am feeling generous on this easter day and I'm going to give it an 8.25, which gives us a solid eight That's for the season premiere. Much of like the Jesus, that makes uh, that that ri- that resurrects and makes the overall average risen. Mm. <laughs> Ouch! Roll the boulder back on that <laughs> on that metaphor. <laughs> All right, you have gotten yourself through this. Season premiere episode of the Out of Practice Podcast. Hey, do us a favor. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can join the jury. Very much appreciate that. You can find us on social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can go to our blog spot site, out of practice podcast.blogspot.com and see all of the screen grabs and awards that we put up there, as well as a definitive ranking of rating and reviews. You can also listen to Star Trek The Next Conversation. What the inspiration for the whole thing. You know what else you can do? Wash your hands for 20 seconds often throughout the day. You can also stay inside and do your part to socially distance while we all get through this together. It's Hang so in much, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, talk over as many people as you can. Try to talk over the different things. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what Keep penetrates over the- a mask <laughs> and or any sort of facial covering? A giant laser beam to the face. And thank you to all of our medical workers. Don't talk over them. Laser sound.